Hello, everyone. Welcome in to Loretta McNary Live, the radio show. I'm so super excited about my show today. My guest, I actually am doing two shows today. Yes, one at 6 p.m., the one you're listening to now, and also one at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. So thank you so much for tuning in to Let's I was going to say, let's talk law, but today it is Loretta McNary Live, so used to that other show. All right, everybody, so as you know, if you've been on social media anywhere, you know that I am um, so excited. Our mayor, county mayor, Shelby County Mayor, Lee Harris, is our guest today, and so that is going to be our first show and our second show is going to be fabulous as well. So you'll have to tune in at eight o'clock for that show. And it's going to be amazing. Um, Darren Henson is that guest. So let's just talk about Mayor Harris. Okay. Uh, Mayor Harris, as you know, he was just took office September 1st, 2018. And he previously served as a member of the Tennessee Senate representing Tennessee District 29. He is also a law professor, and prior to his election to the state Senate, uh, Mayor Harris served on the Memphis City Council representing District 7. He was he's born and raised in Memphis, studied at Morehouse College, got his law degree at Yale Law School, and uh, let me tell you, this guy is so remarkable. He is truly, truly amazing. I see him going really far uh, in politics, because he gets it. He knows to stay focused and be passionate about what he's passionate about and not to, like, go anyway. the wind blows. So uh, we're really, really fortunate to have him as our county mayor. I did get a call earlier from his assistant who said that um, a lot is going on um, in his office today. He is going to only be able to give me 15 minutes of his time, and of course, I was like disappointed <laughs> because you know we've been talking about this for over a month, and but I know things happen. I know Steven Tyler was in, and they dedicated um, a building for um, teens who have been abused. So you know, Steven Tyler is with Aerosmith, so that is like a, a worldwide, international, global icon in the music industry, so I'm pretty sure he probably is still with him because they dedicated the building earlier today. So hopefully he will get a chance to to come in and talk about his purpose, his plan, and his passion um, for 2019 as it relates to um, juvenile delinquency, our youth, and making sure that he overhauls that entire system so that it is more of a um, proactive and not reactive, that it is more rehabilitation than um, just letting kids sit there idle. And also he has a plan to help the parents as well. So I'm really looking forward to hearing more about his plan. And um, for those who are in Memphis, then you know he has been on um, TV and he's done other shows, I'm sure, talking about his plan. And that's not the only thing that he's um, working on as Shelby County Mayor. He's also working on a healthier Memphis um, 
let me see what you want to call it. Well, January the 14th, they had one of our former, you know, University of Memphis Tigers come in to the commissioner's meeting and talk about um, fitness and eating healthy and being your healthiest self. So he has a lot of things that he wants to get done as Shelby County Mayor. So, and if you all <laughs> that are listening, I see you are call. I can see the callers, and I can see that people are listening online too. So if you have a question that you'd like for me to ask, I do have a few questions already that people have told me they wouldn't be able to listen, but they had a couple of questions or comments, so we'll get to those. And right now we are just waiting on him to call in and join this conversation. I have heavily promoted this call not only, you know, to listen to Loretta, but also so that you can get to know who our Shelby County Mayor is, what he stands for, and what can we expect from him and how to hold him accountable. So, um, you know, you'll hear a lot of pushback on some things that he's talking about, and then you'll hear a lot of people who say, you know what, he's very dynamic. I think he'll be really, really good for our city and our county, and he has my full support. So he will continue to get those kind of comments as long as he does what he says he's going to do, right? So that's why I wanted to make sure that I was able to get him on and I could get my friends and family to ask questions and make comments about, you know, what he's done so far. He's Now, granted, he's only been in office five months, right? <laughs> he just took office September 1st, 2018, and we're in February 4th, 2019, so it's only been five months, but I can tell you he has truly, truly hit the ground running and establishing himself as somebody to watch and as somebody who's going to go way higher in politics than um, Shelby County Mayor, which is a very prestigious and powerful position to be in. But I just see him going on to, you know, highest, what is the highest level of government. Of course, president if he wants to, but I definitely see him going on to offices, you know, in the federal political arena. I do see that for him. So we're just waiting on him to call in. And for those who want to call in and ask a question prior to him coming on or you want to make a comment, that phone number to call is, if you're just online, 657-383-1083. I'm not sure what number he's going to call in. Let's go to this phone line and see who this person is at 901-590. Hi, caller. Hi, Ms. Loretta. This is Amelia Cole, just holding and waiting. Oh, what better person to be the first caller of the first year (laughs) on the relaunching of my radio podcast than my dear friend, my sister, my confidant, my advisor, Amelia Cole, soon to be PhD, so I'll be calling her Dr. Amelia Cole. So welcome to the show. So what are your expectations for the county mayor? Hi, I am uh, happy to be on the show. Thank you for getting the information to me so that I could call in. And I just want to hear Miss Loretta do her thing tonight. Um, I, <laughs> you are such a gifted woman of God, and I want to be able to hear you interview uh, Mr. Uh, excuse me, the in his formal position <laughs> title. <laughs> uh, but yes, yes. I, I, I'm just here to listen. 
Oh, that is so precious. That is truly, truly precious to me. Well, I'm super excited about this interview, too, and hopefully we will get it done, but I'm equally excited about my 8 o'clock interview, and you'll probably be studying by then, but if you're not, you will love to talk to Darren Henson. Um, did you see that post about his interview as well? He's in yes, a new ma'am, I sure series. Did. Yes, I mean, he is phenomenal, so phenomenal. I've actually met him, well, I've been in the same place and space as him at a couple of the award shows, and I promise you, you probably would not remember meeting me or anything, <laughs> but I definitely remember meeting him, and, and, and so now I get to talk to him, so it's, we're full circle today. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes, I don't want to talk about him on this show. I really am waiting, and I have um, since sent in a call to Mayor Harris, and I'm trying to multitask here. I do have his cell number, so I'm trying to see what number he's going to actually call. But I don't want to do too much. You know, you get too much going on, and then you release the call, and I don't want to do that. But I do want to know what number he's going to call in from. So, Amelia, I'm going to put you back on back in the queue, and if you have a question, just press 1, okay? Yes, ma'am. Hi, caller. Welcome uh, in to Loretta McNary Live Radio Show. Uh, hey, uh, this is Lee Harris. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I was just, like, passing the time away. I don't know if you were tuning in to the show as you were getting ready to call in, but I want to say thank you so much for joining the show. I do realize that you have a time constraint, and I will definitely respect that, okay? Oh, sure, sure. No, I'm okay for a few minutes here. Yeah, thanks for having me. (laughs) And I already kind of did the intro about who you are and um, that you were on this city council and then a Tennessee senator, and I just already have just thrown my full – support behind you and your office, and especially as it relates to what I want to talk about today is your um, your passion for our juveniles um, and uh-huh. our youth in the uh-huh. city of Memphis and the new plans that you have. So you can just kind of elaborate on that for everyone who's listening. No, I think that's right. So um, our goal um, with respect to um, young folks, kids that get caught up on the wrong side of the law is to try to put them on the path to rehabilitation. And so the easiest way to do that, the most straightforward way to do that, is to make sure that as few uh, children as possible interact with the criminal justice system. And so we've set up a couple of paths forward so that kids don't have to, uh, you know, be arrested or detained at all uh, or interact uh, significantly with the criminal justice system. And with respect to those kids that end up interacting with the criminal justice system because of the nature of the crimes that they're accused of, we said that in on those cases that we still have to, as best we can, try to make sure that there is a variety of opportunity for them uh, and that we try to rehabilitate them because uh, regardless of the nature of the crime that is alleged, for the vast majority of kids that are caught up in this system, the vast majority of the kids uh, are returning to our community, and uh, they're going to be with us and with this community for a very, very long time. I've said that, that they, uh, they are almost guaranteed to outlive most of all of us. 
And so we we mm-hmm. should invest in them right now uh, while we can uh, so that they can know that there's plenty of opportunity ahead of them uh, and that there is a path uh, um, in, in their future. So, you know, specifically, what are we doing? We've got, uh, number one, we've got a youth assessment center, which we're trying to bring online in the next several weeks. And the youth assessment center is basically a community center on steroids. It's a place that law enforcement officers can drop kids off instead of arresting and detaining them. Uh, so you get a kid that's could pass or vandalism or driving without a license. The youth assessment center is someplace where that kid can go so that the officer doesn't have to arrest the kid. Uh, we also have evening, evening reporting centers, uh, which we're about to expand. And we also have uh, a proposal that has been under consideration for a while. It's a juvenile justice and education center. And our justice and education center uh, would replace the current detention center that we have right now downtown where kids uh, are locked up, actually locked up for about 24 days on average, um, but they're locked up in a detention facility without any real opportunity for, or enough opportunity for social services, enough opportunity for recreation, enough opportunity for classrooms, uh, classroom and educational services. And this is a population that can least afford to miss uh, opportunities for educational services. So we want to make sure we build a new facility, a facility that's more uh, um, uh, more in line with purposes of rehabilitation. Wow. Okay, so I have some many questions just based on what you just shared. And like I said, I've heard you talk about this many times, and um, you are a, a dynamic speaker, and you really do get your cause and your purpose and the results that you want over. So my first question is, how soon can you start that youth, youth assessment center where kids are not being um, arrested for crimes that are not that are nonviolent against Someone exactly. against themselves because we know if there's any um, doubt of whether it's a mental health issue or if it was something mm-hmm. that was just totally violent, you have to go through that process the old way of detaining them. But I love what you're saying. So we understand that these are crimes that are nonviolent crimes and that don't really rise yep. to the level of something that people would do a lot of pushback on. So when can we expect to see that center in operation? So we expect that the Youth Assessment Center will be open at the end of March, and that center will be on the campus of University of Tennessee Health Science Center. So to make sure that it is nowhere near downtown or nowhere near our criminal justice complex. And so the Youth Assessment Center that we're going to open is a pilot project for us to find out what works, and then we will expand even more. Um, But there's a whole lot of potential. And so as you said, this is the kids that have committed minor offenses, uh, for the most part, uh-huh. and it took a lot of work to even get this far down the line. So we, you know, you have to have the agreement of the Memphis Police Department. You have to have the agreement of the Sheriff's Department. You have to have the agreement of the state. Uh, the state has to agree that officers can do this instead of uh, arresting these kids and, and putting them in juvenile court system. Uh, and then, of course, you have to have the agreement of the juvenile court system uh, and our office. So we're going to open this at the end of March, and it could have real uh, enormous positive impact in this community once we scale it up. So there are about 3,000 or so kids, at least 3,000 uh, or so kids that re- receive a criminal summons uh, each year in our county. So that's 3,000 kids that receive a summons because they're alleged to have committed a crime, although a minor crime, uh, but it's a crime serious enough where they receive a summons and they have to later appear uh, in front of a juvenile court magistrate or judge or in front of a probation officer. So it's kind of the first interaction with the system. And so those 3,000 kids, uh, many of them, we can steer away from from that process where they don't go down to juvenile court, where they don't see a probation officer, where they don't have any hearing at all. 
And so that's the that's the board the Youth Assessment Center feels place that is far from okay. juvenile court, far from two one poplar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So my next question to that before we move on to the Justice and Educational Center, are these just for mm-hmm. first offenders, or is this for somebody who has previously been in that um, detention center and they've done something again, not to the level of you know high crime um, activity, but they've maybe shoplifted or skipped school or whatever. That's the first part of the question. And secondly, um, go ahead and answer that first because I, I want to respect your time. <laughs> go ahead. Sure. So no, I think what about second offenders? So generally, we're going to try to steer as many uh, young folks as we can to these alternatives to detention, the Youth Assessment Center or the Evening Reporting Center. Sometimes, and mostly because of operation of state law, uh, we're required to detain kids. Um, so the most important state law on this front is that there's a state law that requires detention if a kid commits a crime with a gun. Uh, that's considered a, a, a relatively violent offense. The kid not only committed a crime, but right. committed a crime with a gun. And in those cases, the officers are required to arrest and detain uh, that kid. And so generally there are requirements, uh, but the other piece of this puzzle about how you get one place instead of another is that we have a um, detention assessment score. So, you know, it, 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 it is a function of, you know, the kid's uh, arrest record and the seriousness of the offense. Um, but they would do an, assess, an assessment score, and kids that have a high assessment score, um, you know, there's a more serious treatment, and kids that have a lower assessment score, uh, we use more of the alternatives to detention. So, you know, a lot of these things have been, you know, have been the subject of lots of, lots of work. But the goal, I mean, if we just to drill it all down, the goal is two things. It is to detain as few as possible, so that's our no-detention goal, Make sure that no one is arrested and, and no detention. And our second goal is, if they are required to be arrested and detained, how do you put them on the path to rehabilitation? How do you still use that time of arrest and detention? How do you still use that time in order to, to, to show the kid that they still have a really bright future and there's really enough, a lot of opportunity out there for them? Wow, that is, and I definitely want to talk about that because that's huge. And I want to talk about um, who are you partnering with for your justice and educational system. But another thing that I know, because I work with kids too, I work with girls, and I, I was working with this company called Metamorphosis who helped um, second offenders to keep them from getting their third offender as a part of not going into detention. But my this question relates to those parents who just feel like my kid is out of control. I want to, yeah. you know, because I don't know if a lot of it's a myth, but I do know parents who have just said I can't handle them, so they take them to um, the juvenile detention center. So is there something in place for those parents who just want to prevent um, their yeah. child is really yeah. getting into the system at all, but yet they put them in the system themselves? That's right. So we're setting up the youth assessment center in a way such that you don't have to necessarily be dropped out there by law enforcement because you're accused of a crime. You can also be mm-hmm. um, voluntarily uh, put in the Youth Assessment Center and receive services. So a parent could use the Youth Assessment Center if they do have a child that is in real need. Uh, and so at the Youth Assessment Center, we'll have trauma uh, providers and so forth, people that are specialized in childhood trauma. In fact, the person who will be in charge of the Youth Assessment Center is a doctor named Dr. Alpha Stewart, and she is a member of the faculty of the University of Tennessee uh, Health Science Center. And her specialty is childhood trauma. So this is a place 
where law enforcement will use primarily, uh, you know, instead of arresting the kid, but also parents can use uh, as well uh, to drop off uh, kids that really need a help. Uh, we know that, you know, when you talk about uh, a lot of the kids, particular ones that are committed to the most serious offenses, we've already done studies in this county and around the state, and we already know that most of the kids that commit the most serious offenses, most of those kids have already experienced a childhood trauma, and so most of those kids really just need help, right? They need some, uh, someone that, uh, you know, is trained uh, in treating childhood trauma. Uh, they need access to social services operators, and so that's mostly what they need. So we've already developed some partnerships uh, around that. I've already talked about one of the partnerships with the University of Tennessee Health Science Center, that Youth Assessment Center will house, will, will house other partners as well. Uh, when it comes to evening reporting centers, and this is where kids go to report daily after school uh, instead of being detained. So it's the case of the kid has been arrested because the, the crime was relatively serious, uh, but we don't want to keep the kid housed in juvenile court. And so instead of keeping the kid housed in juvenile court, let's create a program where the kid can go to a social service provider every day and get and mentoring and so forth. And we call those evening reporting centers. We have one that is open already, and it has been run by JIF, which is uh, Southern downtown area. Uh, and JIF is a faith-based, faith-based program uh, that lasts for four to five months and, and uh, provides an after-school type of program for these kinds of kids that are in need. We are opening a second one, and it's going to be housed at a, a school. It's in partnership with the Shelby County School System. And so we're working with the Shelby County School System to identify a school where we can also operate an evening reporting center such that, again, it's just an after-school program uh, for kids to report to every day after school for four or five months. Um, but but it, we think it's a better way approach to this thing than, than arresting them uh, and detaining them. When it comes to the Juvenile Justice and Education Center, we're in the process of, of really uh, trying to hear from potential community partners. So this is going to be a long-term process to build this new center. And so we're going to have, as part of that process, we're going to form a, what's called a design review committee. And our design review committee is going to be composed of citizens uh, and, the, and uh, experts. And the main job of the design review committee, com- committee is to seek out citizen input uh, on how best to rehabilitate young folks that find themselves in the wrong side of the law. And so uh, we, we, we expect that that design review committee process will be a process that basically leads us to a lot of social services operators that we can house in the new center. But when we build this new center, it's not going to be detention only. It'll have classrooms and recreational space. It'll have um, space for social services operators, uh, you know, uh, space for, for kids to visit with their parents, uh, to receive medical care. And so we, we're, we're looking at a kind of a, a center that really provides kind of wraparound, wraparound services that these kids will need. Okay, have you gotten the funding that you need for? Because I don't understand why there's a huge pushback. And then secondly, <sighs> to that question, at, at, your, at your best day, will all these three centers be operating simultaneously or will one come in and another one will leave off? Because I know ultimately you don't want that detention center. I've heard you say, you know, my job is to get rid of it, but it has to be yep, done in the right. proper way and not just because you want to get rid of it. Yeah, so if you can uh, – how much time do you have? Because yeah. I, I do want to respect your time because I want you to come back on. No, no, no. I'm Are good. you I'm, done? I'm, I'm, I've got a meeting at 630, but, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm good. Uh, so the – Okay. Um, and I'm 
I'm on my way there, so I'm, I'll, I'll be there shortly. All, all, all three of okay. these will be open at the same time. Um, all three will be open at the same time. Um, the, with respect to the Justice and Education Center, our hope is to build a center that has fewer beds than the current center uh, so that we can force people to really think about alternatives and we can continue to expand on the alternatives and incarceration. So the current facility, the detention facility downtown for kids, has 135 beds, and we would like for this new facility to come in with fewer beds uh, so that, you know, there's just more focus and investment in the alternatives. Um, so, but all three will be open at the same time, and more, and, and more to the point, we're, we're trying to expand the number of alternatives. So right now we already have one evening reporting center open. Uh, it's run by Jeff, uh, and the executive director of Jeff is the guy, uh, Richard Graham, um, and uh, that's going strong and, and providing a great opportunity, a great alternative to incarceration. We're working with Shelby County Schools to open our second one, and hopefully we'll continue to expand these because we actually need even our reporting centers in, in different places around the county. We need more than one. We need, you know, several around the county so that oh, kids don't have to, go, don't, don't have to be detained. Uh, so we want to expand that. And then the Youth Assessment Center, as I said, we, we have the funding for that, for the initial funding, but that has always been a pilot because we've got we've to make sure we know it works, right? We've got to make sure officers are using it. We know there's tremendous demand. I mean, law enforcement officers tell us there's demand, but they don't want to have to, you know, arrest these kids and do these kind of things, and they want somewhere where these kids can go to get the help they need. Uh, but we've got to, you know, do it in a pilot phase before we expand it. So the pilot hopefully will be open at the end of March, and then after we collect some data, we'll be we'll be expanding that too. So that's that's kind of where things are. There was some pushback on the county commission. Uh, I, you know, I'm not sure why there was pushback. I, you know, we 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 did get some momentum though. We did get the first <laughs> bit of funding, but we're gonna have to come back um, again during the budget cycle and try to get another bit of funding. But yes, there was some pushback, and uh, you know, I, I I have no idea why. But even um, because I was just telling in my opening, I was talking about you just took office September 1, and this has been five months, and you've already done an incredible amount of work on this. Excuse me. And this is not even your only initiative, but for me, I connected on it with you because I really felt your passion and because I've been working with youth too um, over the, you know, for the last 12, 15 years trying to keep them out of that detention center and their parents. Do you have time? To, there are some people on here because I have callers. Can you take a call? Sure, go ahead. Real quickly, yeah, because definitely. it's just 626. Okay, hold on a second. Let me see yeah. if I can get We're not following right here. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. All right, we're going to yeah. go to area code 901-590. Hi, caller. Welcome to Loretta McNary Live. Do you have a comment or question for the mayor? Hi. Yes, this is Amelia. And, Mayor Harris, I really appreciate all that you're doing here in our city, knowing that you are not only a, a product of Memphis City Schools, but you also left to go to – uh, Morehouse, Yale, and decided yes, to come back to Memphis. So, what brought you back? I know that you're fifth generation Memphian, but why did you mm-hmm. decide to come back to Memphis? Was that always your desire to come back and bring that experience, wisdom, and knowledge back to your hometown, or what was it? No, I think that's right. I wanted to come back here. I think that it's a, a wonderful community. Uh, I always felt that uh, we have a lot of potential and talent in our community, um, but I've always been struck that we don't necessarily have uh, enough really good leaders uh, in our community. So I wanted to come back uh, and be part, if I could, of uh, leadership uh, in our community because I think the potential and talent is here. I think we've got so much going for us. 
I just think that sometimes we don't leverage all the potential, uh, and I think that's just a function of us not having a real, uh, you know, high number of uh, really good leaders. And so I want the show to be part of that. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm from here. I'm committed to, to this place and rooted here. And uh, so, you know, not only do I go to public school, but I've got three kids and the two school-age kids are in the public school, school system. Uh, and so that's obviously important. And I'm frustrated by some of the things that happen in the school system. Um, 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 but, you know, I, you know, like I said, I'm committed to it and I'm a product of it. And I, so I know that there's a much, a lot of great things happening there. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm an example of that. I wouldn't have had any opportunity I had without the, the Memphis City School education that I was able to get here. All right. Well, we are well, so thanks, Amelia. Yes, we are. We're very proud of you. I'll take one more call, okay, Mayor Harris? Hmm. Just one more quick call. Sure. <laughs> Sure, sure, sure. Okay. I'm going to 901238 is the prefix. Hi, welcome into Loretta McNary Live. Hello. Hi, caller. Hi, hey, do you doing? have a comment or a question for our mayor? Yeah, and actually I was listening. I think that you kind of uh, stole my thunder a little bit with one of your questions. I was listening, and, and everything that he's saying is awesome. It's exactly what the community needs. My question was, is he receiving any resistance, and if so, why? And uh, I think he kind of answered that question just a little earlier. Well, tell him who yeah, you I mean, are because he wants to know who the citizens are. Yeah, definitely. Al, tell him who you are. Uh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is Altrick Johnson. Uh live in Arlington, uh, Arlington, Tennessee. Good friend of, of uh, actually, and a good, big fan of Loretta and, 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 very, and very much <laughs> appreciative of your efforts. Uh, since you've taken and off. And he's a business Great owner, work. too. You guys have got to put your businesses out there. They don't need to know you like me or you and my friends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love y'all so much. But he needs incredible, powerful people behind him. That was my whole purpose. So, okay, Mayor, you can answer him. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks, well thanks a lot, Mr. Johnson. Thanks, thanks a lot, Mr. Johnson, for the phone call. And I should mm-hmm. say um, that one of the things that's really important for the county commission, in my view, is making sure we spend our money wisely. And so some of these proposals, like the new Justice and Education Center, are costly. So it will cost a pretty penny to, right. to scrap, scrap the detention facility and build something new right. that's more focused on rehabilitation. So some of the hesitation is right. probably around that. Um, but I will also say that right. we have gotten a lot of community support. So the NAACP is supportive uh, and, you know, came to the commission meeting and, and expressed their support. The National Urban League is supportive. Uh, so, you know, there, there is plenty of community support. Um, you know, and and we do have some momentum. We just got to keep it going. Your leadership is a breath Definitely of fresh air to the county, and right. thank keep you. it going. We, we appreciate we appreciate your efforts. Thank you, thank you, and thanks, Loretta, for having me on. I are you it very much. are you receiving all the? I know you you receive a lot of pushbacks on different things because most mayors do or politicians do. But what I hear when I tell people you were coming on Mayor Harris is they are they adore you. They are so proud of you. They love your ambition, your aggression that you show when you want to push something through and what you stand for. Don't change any of that to fit in with anybody anywhere. I told them earlier, I see you going to the highest level of, of a political career that you dare to even uh, you have the audacity to go after, and we're going to support you because I believe that you are a man of your word and you're going to do what you say. Well, I think that I appreciate that. that was, that's what I need to hear. Thanks, thanks very much for that. That was very kind. 
<laughs> yeah, don't let people lock you in. Do whatever time you have as the county mayor and accomplish all these big dreams that you have, but do not feel bad for having political and business aspirations because people will try to hold that against a person. But you can do mm-hmm. with the more influence mm-hmm. and power you have for us that will be here trying to do our part as well. So I'm going to respect your time because I could go on and on and talk about some more initiatives. I just hope that you will be um, a part of this segment that I'm doing. It's not just a Memphis thing. It does go all across the world. I have people from other countries that listen in. And you make Memphis proud. I just want you to know that. Thank you, Loretta. And thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, so we're going to respect his time. He will be back, but there is, he has an email. You guys can contact his office if you have any concerns. And make sure when people are doing pushback to our mayor that you don't sit there and listen to it, that you talk about the great things that he has done and that he is going to continue to do for this wonderful, beautiful city we call home because, you know what, we ain't seen nothing yet. Our possibilities and our potential is bigger than anything we could dream of. I, that's why I support entrepreneurs like Al and um, his business, Al Go, what is Al Go Business? This Al guy Go is Rhythm prolific Music. Al Go writing. There you go. Mm-hmm. And then I got Amelia Cole. She's working at PhD. She is over at New Growth in Christ and at the University of Memphis making big things happen, connections, collaborations. That's what it's going to take to put Memphis on the map for um, what we're really truly is our grit and our grime and our gut, and that's helping each other and believing in the city we call home. So that's going to be it for me. I hope you all will join me again at 8 o'clock p.m. for my interview with the phenomenal actor, author, award-winning MTV choreographer and star of the new hit BET series, The Family Business. And I'll see you guys at 8 o'clock p.m. Thanks so much, everybody. God bless. Think big dreams and make it happen. I love you and talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.